Turn it up. From the YBA Phoenix Fitness 24-7 basketball facility in Rockland, California, it's Coach's Rise time with Coach C. Collins. It starts. Three, two, one. Coach's Rise time. Yep, it's Coach C. Collins. I'm here on Coach's Rise Time. I'm here to uh, talk to you a little bit of basketball, try to give you my perspective, and hopefully uh, give you some insight that can help you guys out. Once again, I appreciate you guys that hit that follow button. I definitely appreciate you guys who follow our main show, About That Life Podcast with me and Coach MJ. Um, on Coach's Rise Time, if this is your first time here, Coach's Rise Time, I try to talk a little bit of an aspect of basketball from a coach's perspective. I want to wish everybody a happy Thursday. Happy Thursday, February 4th, 2021. Uh, This year is going. It's going. We made it through the first month, and hopefully we're going to keep pushing it. But for today's topic, I wanted to talk about fouls. Fouls, you know, that's a big thing, obviously, with coaches and in the game of basketball. Um, on On the main show about that life, I alluded to and talked about it some, I believe, even on the start of it with episode two with coach Ted. So if you really want to talk about it with a little more and coach Ted is a referee as well. He's an official, uh, an NCAA official, um, on top of a women's coach. If you want to get more insight into that, I, I suggest definitely watch that episode or listen to that episode, uh, as it's on YouTube and on our, uh, uh, podcast site. So let's talk about fouls and kind of what they are a little bit. Um, because we all have an idea, We all kind of know what a foul is, but if you ask people to define it, they don't know. Like, like it's for instance, I could probably ask ninety percent of you, you know, uh, what's a C, what's a CEO, and you all would know it. Like, you would basically say that's the boss, that's the head guy. But I would say, like, what does CEO mean? Like, what does the CEO actually do? And that's where you would be puzzled or probably a little confused. (laughs) So. Let's break it down with that same concept when it comes to fouls. So just so we understand each other, and I'm going to have references and things I'm going to bring up, uh, I'm going to talk about it mainly amongst for the NFHS. I'm not going to talk about the NCAA college. Um, I'm not going to talk about the NBA because that's just totally different rule book altogether. But we're going to mainly talk to the AAU side, which is the AAU uh, is supposed to follow the NFHS handbook of rules, which is the high school equivalent of rules. Um, uh, uh, to be fair, it's always to the kind of the discretion of the area, the state, and the referee. Some refs are there to just collect a check. Some are really professional and want to perfect their craft because they're just, you know, they're trying to do better. Uh, I can't tell you what you're going to get. You just hope for the best, you know, and hope that you get somebody who, still loves the game and is passionate about it, but 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 you never know. But getting to the definition of personal fouls, well, there's six common types of fouls, right? We'll go through and name the six, and then I'm just going to mainly talk about personal fouls. Uh, there's flagrant fouls, there's personal fouls, there's offensive fouls, loose ball fouls, team fouls, technical fouls. Those are typically the six common. Um, but mainly with personal fouls, a personal foul is an infraction that violates the rules of the game. Players can incur personal fouls by pushing, blocking, or striking another player in the act of shooting. Shooting fouls result in free throw attempts for the foul player. If a shooter is fouled while attempting a two-point shot, they will receive two free throws. If a shooter is fouled during a three-point shot attempt, they will receive three free throws. If the player makes the shot 
they were attempting at the time of the legal contact. The basket counts, and the shooter will receive one free throw. Okay? We all pretty much know that. That's pretty common knowledge. And in case you guys are wondering what side am I pulling from, this is from masterclassarticles.com. Um, you know, they, they just take kind of the summaries of big things like that. Uh, if you want to go to the NFHS handbook, I can pull that, you know, real quick. Because, again, I want to make sure have all these resources ready for you. Um, if you want to really narrow it down, you go to uh, Section 7, uh, which is contact within the book. Uh, it go, it's Section 7, Article 3, 4, 5, 6, and 7. Um it's basically the main ones, but section seven is all about contact articles one through let's see, 12 would be uh, a good, you know, is the parameter of what constitutes a foul. I'll give you guys an example. Um, uh, let's see, we'll go with section seven, article seven, a dribbler must neither change charge into nor contact an opponent in his or her path, nor attempt to dribble between two opponents or between an opponent and a boundary, unless the space is such as provided to a reasonable chance for him or her to go through without contact. Um, let's see a player must, uh, this is section seven, article one, a player must not hold, push, charge, trip, or impede the progress of the opponent by extending arms, shoulder, hips, or knees, or by bending his or her body into other than a normal position, nor use any rough tactics. Uh, all right, here, here's Article 2, Section 7, Article 2. A player must not contact an opponent with his or her hand unless such contact is only with the opponent's hand while it's on the ball and is and is incidental to an attempt to play on the ball. So they get into big detail on the NFHS handbook if you really want to, as a coach, understand what fouls are. I can give you guys basically the general summary, and then we're going to go into RSBQ, which is the most important part, which is the interpretation of the referee. As a coach, when you talk to refs about fouls, it is very important about the, the, the vocabulary and the language that you're using. If... You just go to a ref and say, that's a foul. He hit him. That's a foul. Okay. The ref is basically going to look at you and, you know, say. Too big, too black. <laughs> no, nah, just joking with you. No, more than likely the ref is going to say something like. Hell no. Exactly. So just trying to lighten the mood a little bit and give you guys some jokes. But no, real talk. You've got to understand, coaches, you can't just yell gibberish you have to actually support it and have dialogue some people think uh they've seen me coach at yba uh, or things like that and they think like the refs just love me or anything you know and they just you know kiss my butt and they're just going to do whatever i say it's not like that i actually have dialogue with the refs and speak their language i use terminology that they can understand now again if the referee's emotional side of it, that's up to them. If they like me, dislike me, if they're like, oh, I got to deal with this guy who thinks he knows the rules. Like, no, I don't think I know the rules. I actually do know the rules. The NFHS handbook, just so we all understand each other, is 1,829 pages thick. I have it downloaded on my phone on the Kindle app. I suggest every coach do the same and review the major points of it, the points of emphasis, and update it every year. I have the most recent edition until they come out with the new edition for uh, 2021. So 
it's not the arrogance. It's just I do my research, you know, and, and yeah, it might challenge some referees and it might annoy them. But to me, I found that most referees respect that I can do that um, and have that dialogue with them more than dislike it because they know they have to be on their toes, that I challenge them as a ref to be on the best of their game, just like they would expect me as a coach. The biggest thing, and I think a lot of people excessively see, and this is what you need to teach your parents and your kids is mainly section seven, article 12. Um, these are the acts in which like are very common when guys are playing defense where, you know, some people will say that's a foul. That's not a foul or whatever, but let's make it clear in section seven, article 12, uh, part a is placing two hands on the player that constitutes a foul. And this is for the ball handler placing an extended arm bar on the player. That's a foul. Placing and keeping a hand on the player, that's a foul. Contacting player more than once with the same hand or alternating hands. That's what's called a hot stove. You are allowed a hot stove contact and then you get are allowed to release it. Uh, these are things that you as a coach, I suggest teach to your players. Don't just teach them defense. Teach them how to strategize. Guys who have been able to manipulate the rules of the game have been able to thrive on the defense and offensive end. Um, Scotty Pippen was an amazing defender, and that's because he learned how to take angles and tactics to beat guys. Um, offensively, you can look at James Harden, even right now with Trey Young and some of the stuff he's doing to manipulate the rules in order to, you know, get to the free throw line. Now, do I agree with all of it? No, but it doesn't mean that it shouldn't be taught. You as coaches have to challenge yourself to know this knowledge, to read these books. Don't go off of what you've just seen. Don't go off of what you experience. Actually speak the terminology. Say things like, you're impeding the forward progress of my player. You have to protect my player's cylinder. My player needs landing space when he's taking his jump shot, right? My defender is allowed position. He is established position. He cannot be displaced. These are words and terminologies that are trigger words for referees for them to at least look and acknowledge on your side. Uh, I always ask all the time for refs, can I get a PA? Most of you might not even know what that is. That's called a position adjustment. If a ref is having a hard time, you say, hey, can I get a PA? Can I get a PA over to the left or the right? Because the angle in which I'm seeing, I see a lot of excessive contact. And, you know, maybe they'll say no. I've had a ref look at me and go, no, I'm not moving. And fine, that's it. Some refs had literally had no idea what I was talking about. That let me know which refs are actually NFHS certified. And not only just NFHS certified, the guys that actually research, read, and learn the terminology in which they, they go. Because you can take a bullshit half-ass class and become a referee and just ref all over the place and make. It's the highest paying part-time job you'll ever get <laughs> because they always need refs. But Coaches, if you want to communicate, if you don't want to come across as an asshole and come across as someone who's knowledgeable, start learning the rules, start learning the terminology. The biggest thing that I want to finish up with before, uh, you know, before I get out of here is we got to talk about RSBQ. RSBQ is basically the main thing that constitutes fouls and how referees perceive them. So I'm going to talk, uh, I'm pulling from uh, an author I like, a basketball referee author that I like. Um, sorry if I don't have his name right off the bat, but he, he refers to it on all sports of how they've modified the sports to help with the game flow. That's what we call it, the game flow. And it really comes down to advantage, disadvantage, right? So uh, let's see. Oops, sorry if I'm not reading this correctly, trying to find my place. 
Okay. Choosing either approach would have a distinct impact on the game. The purpose of this article is to introduce the, introduce the principle of advantage, disadvantage, and basketball rules and to explain its development process, um, spirit and intent, and um, uh, implementation priorities through relevant literature. The golden rule of basketball officiating is the need to find a balance between game flow and game control. See, so most refs don't, I don't think, want to control the game, but they do have to find a balance. From the development of the tower philosophy, offensive threat to rhythm, speed, balance, quickness. That is RSBQ, rhythm, speed, balance, quickness. The standard of advantage, disadvantage is based on the principle that physical contact should not necessarily always be considered a foul. Rather, a foul should be called when a player who makes contact obtains an advantage or a player being contacted is placed in disadvantage. Okay, so we need to understand that in in competitive sports, especially a sport like basketball, the rhythm, speed, balance, quickness is an essential component because that is what's determining what's the flow of the game, what's the movement. Like if a guy's dribbling up court and then, bow, a guy runs right into him, well, yeah, he knocked him off his balance. He impeded his forward progress. Therefore, that's a foul. But if a kid is just running next to him and he grazes him and touches him and, yeah, the kid tries to flop and sell it, well, yeah, some refs are going to look at you and be like, no, that's not enough contact. You're not selling that. You know what I mean? So it, it, it is a balance between both. And it's on us as coaches to be able to teach and show these kids on, on the understanding of it and, and how it all works. So, you know, coaches, do your best on trying to show these kind of things because I think it's drastically important. Um, that pretty much wraps up a lot of what I had to talk about with that, with uh, fouls. Um, hopefully you learned a little something. Coaches, I just want to try to give you guys tidbits. Players, if you're listening to this, parents, if you're listening to it, uh, that would be great too because instead of screaming from the fans, that's a foul, or you as a player just saying, you know, he hit me, that's a foul, I, I, I fell, I should get the call. No, you need to understand the perspective and the angle that the referee is seeing. Yes, is this episode maybe coming across more like I'm advocating for refs? Yeah, maybe I am. But it's because you need to understand they have a tough job and they have and a lot of it is interpretive. And, you know, yeah, it sucks at times because, for instance, I we call it the elephant. It's called the elephants and ants. Um, you know, if Shaq has the ball in the post and prime Shaq and Allen Iverson, even prime Allen Iverson swipes his arm and Shaq is still able to go up and dunk it. Yeah, it sucks. The ref's not going to call that a foul because it's not enough force to stop Shaq. Now, is it excessive force and should be called a foul? Absolutely, in my opinion. But because it's to an interpretation of a person, another referee who more than likely has played basketball, he's going to let the play go. Now, for the NBA, that's a totally different animal because you have superstars, it's a business, and blah, 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 people trying to make money. I'm not going on that route. I'm just saying for the high school level, keep that in mind. Bigs, yeah, you have it the roughest. I'm sorry you do. You just do. But guards, you need to understand how to play the game as well. Hopefully this helps. Hopefully you enjoy hearing this tidbit. Uh, Everybody stay safe out there. You know, um, COVID is still a thing. Uh, Still protect yourself. Wear your mask. Take care of yourselves. Uh, On another note, uh, my 16U is going to be playing Prolific Prep next weekend. So if you happen to want to check that out, we'll be playing at Hardwood Palace. We're going to set that all up. And it should be a pretty fun and intense game. I'm excited for my guys. 
uh, and I'm out to Ladera this weekend with my 14U. So a lot of good things happening. I hope everybody stays safe, and I'm out.